I'm only half kidding. We do have other channels. So let's quickly talk about that. Um, so I started up my Married Affinity channel again, and I'm doing more vlog-type style of um, videos there, informative, and things that I just really, uh, really enjoy in the health and wellness space, mind-body spirit connection, that yep. kind of space. And then Greg, just very exciting, just launched a channel called Stake Your Wealth. You want to tell the viewers a little bit about that? Sure. So Stake Your Wealth is a channel for personal finance, financial independence, uh, early retirement, uh, investment concepts, right? So uh, this is something that's near and dear to my heart and I've been involved in for a long time, but haven't really uh, spoken about uh, publicly. And yeah. so it's an exciting way to uh, to get some of that information out there. It's uh, something I practice daily and, you know, there'll probably be some overlap between our various Which is channels. fine because as my communication, one of my communication professors used to say, uh, repetition is the soul of truth. So yes, sometimes you need to hear things a few times. But uh, what's also great about this channel is that Greg is drawing from real world, ex real world experience being in the field and uh, also things that he learned in business school and drawing from uh, different like studies and, and theories and practical uh, implications for those theories. So it's very exciting. Yeah, there's one video up so far, so feel free to check it out. You can Stake check it your out. Wealth. And I'm gonna put it in the, um, the channels that we recommend on X Morning. So How you kind can, of you. You can check that out as well. <laughs> um, and then after this live stream, we'll be doing a live stream on that Stake Your Wealth channel that um, with Greg, so. Yeah, and that's generally what we'll do going forward. We'll do our live here, and then yeah. uh, if you want more of us, yeah. you got it, uh, <laughs> through the, uh, the Stake Your Wealth. So if you just switch channels, we'll have that live going right after this one. Exactly, and we won't change, so you'll see us in the same way. Yep. Uh, if that's okay. <laughs> all right, so today's topic. Today's topic. For exploring is all about confidence building and how to be confident in any situation. Anywhere you are, everywhere you go, how can you tap into that confidence so that you can feel better about yourself, you can have stronger, more meaningful and deeper interactions with people and just, you know, have a better day than you would if you weren't feeling confident. Yeah. So that's our topic. It's a big one. And we put out a great video earlier this week about, um, how to boost your self-esteem and your confidence. So definitely check that out for some other Can we discuss the title for a second? Because I didn't know what glow up was. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> glow up, it's not something I've, I coined. Uh, this is something, you know how sometimes YouTube has these like catchphrases that just start to float around and then they just pick up a lot of momentum and it's like you see it everywhere. They take on a life of their own. Yeah. So I actually wasn't really sure myself when I was making that title, and then I checked it out because I was like, that would be a great title because it really is about a glow up. So a glow up, I think it's more so for like the beauty industry, so the makeup mm. and all of that where it's like you're talking about a transformation. So with confidence, we have an inner transformation happening, which then is projected onto our expressions and our body language and our language use and ultimately our communication, which is the outer glow up, Got right? It. But it has to start from inside. And so I thought, why not use that term as well? Because it is a glow up yeah. and we can all benefit from an inner glow up, right? I in think it's in our everyday. 
So I thought that was fun. Yeah, because I remember you yeah, sort like, of, what, is, this <laughs> what is that? Yeah, I like to uh, play around with different terminology. And All right, so confidence boosting. Yeah, so let's first talk about what confidence is. Mm. Like, what does it sound like? What does it look like? Yeah, that's confidence is one of those words we use a lot, and we don't really spend much time defining. So I, I, I like that you started there. Yeah. I mean, to me, confidence has to do with um, a lot to do with self-assuredness, Yeah. right? Um, it's something, when I'm feeling confident, it's because I'm comfortable, it's because I'm familiar, Yeah. Uh, it's because I'm good at what I'm doing, exactly. right? So yeah. I feel like for me, confidence has a lot to do with familiarity and um, the, um, you know, self-assuredness that things will go the way I expect them to go. Yeah, absolutely. Would you add to that? Or? I think I would agree with you um, in that it's so broadly speaking, it's this mindset shift that we have to have if we want to feel more confident or less confident. And I think in rare circumstances, anybody would want to feel nobody would want to feel less confident than they actually are. Um, maybe they're trying to challenge themselves, build a new skill. Maybe that's a good. Yeah, perhaps. So if that's resonating with you, then maybe that's uh, what's going on in that specific scenario. But I think um, it definitely is a mindset situ situation, right? And so we can either really be in our heads or allow ourselves to kind of have more of a bird's eye view and give ourselves some perspective, right? Um, mm -hmm. So I think confidence definitely comes from within. And I think it's, it's a lot about our mind, either playing tricks on us or not. Um, and really being cognizant of how big a role our mind plays in our confidence level levels, which can undulate, right? They can, like, you know, ebb and flow. We're not constantly confident all the time, but like Greg said, if we feel confident about the material, like if we're giving a speech or if we'll, if we feel confident in our ability to answer questions in an interview very well, if we maintain that perspective, I think that we can keep that confidence level relatively high. Yeah, and that's an interesting point, right? There's confidence in the moment, and then there's sort of this more persistent background confidence that you have as you go about your day, Yeah. right? And I think both of those are important. Um, the confidence in the moment is crucial when, let's say, you're giving a speech, or you're in an interview, or you're uh, in an important meeting with a client. Yeah. Um, or just meeting someone for the first time, right? Yeah. These are moments, and I stress moments, uh, when you want that confidence. But the, that background persistent confidence is also important for, you know, when you're working on stuff. I think if you feel more confident in general, yeah. you're gonna have better output in terms of, you know, the work that you do for your job. Um, people will uh, be will gravitate toward you. Yeah, people like confidence. See you as more of like right. an expert figure, exactly. or someone who knows what they're talking about, someone who can give advice. Yeah, yeah, and so that's that sort of persistent background confidence that isn't as obvious, um, but also has a very significant impact on how we comport ourselves and the, the quality of our output. Exactly, and a lot of that again has to do with what we're doing with projecting that confidence. So mm. we might feel a certain way. We have a lot of self-talk happening at all moments of the day, right? And sometimes that can be negative and sometimes that can be positive. And hopefully the better that we are at fostering 
positive intrapersonal communication, the better we'll become at locating those moments and identifying the times where we're maybe being a little hard on ourselves mm. um, and then turning that into a more positive self-talk because self-talk is happening right now. Like you're listening to us and you're engaging with us, but you're still having that self-talk that's going on in your head um, as we are, right? So it's like all these dialogues happening simultaneously. Yeah. So it can be very challenging to navigate that, especially when it comes to confidence because it's such a mindset game. Right. And so when you want to project confidence, you have to tell yourself to do something that makes you feel confident. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a yeah. great place to start. Yeah. Because when you're doing something uh, that you're confident, that sort of that starts to um, trigger those chemical pathways that, that give you that feeling of confidence. Exactly. And then you can sort of carry that momentum into something that you're maybe a little less confident right. doing. Right. And then you forget that you're not confident in that specific thing because you've done all the motions that help you get to that level where now it's like almost, it becomes psychosomatic. Right. 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 So yeah, I guess there's two ways to look at it. One is, one way to build confidence is to just do something many times. Yep. And the more you do it, the yep. more reps you get, uh, the more familiar it becomes. You yes. build up familiarity and right. you feel confident. Yeah. Um, and then the shortcut, if you don't have time to do all those reps, is to do something you have done a lot of reps with. Yeah. Let's say, let's take the speech example again. Right, okay. That's so you're going one. out onto the stage and you're uh, you're nervous about the speech. Um, which is totally, which is completely totally normal, yeah, right? fine. Um, if you had a lot of time to give the speech, then great, you've done a lot of practice and so you can come in and, and project confidence right off the bat. And, and you rely on that confidence. And you rely on that yeah. confidence from the, from the familiarity. familiarity. Yeah. Now, let's just say, uh, you know, you were called to stage uh, and so you weren't really prepared to speak publicly. Like on the spot. On the spot. You're called to stage. What do you do? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, how do you... That is so tough. Right. How do, you, so, how do you tap into so confidence? And I think one way you can do that is to, in your head, play back something or, or do something that you're very familiar with already. Yeah. And that's why, um, you know, telling a joke, something yeah. that you're good at doing... Uh, that you know gets a few laughs. Yeah, if you're right? good at that. Like, I'm not that. a really a very good joke teller. Just, I'm not either, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I feel but, like you're pretty good at that. Uh, I'm more like a spontaneous. I might, like, yeah. crack some quips, but I can't just bust out jokes. My brother's good at that. Your brother's yeah, phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, in any event, you're right. Doing something, Do something that you're good at. If, if you're good at telling jokes, tell a joke. Start off with a joke. If you're great at showing, like, your perfect form for a burpee, do that, right? Like, I'm not <laughs> joking. Like, of course, think about the audience. And that brings me to a point. Like, if I were to be put on the spot for something, yeah. which has certainly happened to me, like, throughout my career, throughout my academic life as well, um, take time. Take time to collect yourself, right? You think, like, you have, you think that you have less time than you actually do. Because things move at warp speed when we're right. put on the spot, when that spotlight is now shining on us, right? It feels so much faster than it's actually happening, played back. Um, and so what I like to do is I like to sort of like jot myself into that space of mental clarity. And I like to focus on the audience. So if I'm being put on the spot about something, who is my, who is my audience? Who, who's in the room with me? Who mm. just asked me that question? Do I know anything about them? Is it my group of classmates? Is it my panel of professors? Is it, you know, a panel of interviewers? Is it, who is it? Why am I on the spot in the first place? And to whom am I 
speaking? Who am I addressing? And uh, what value, so that's part one, right. audience, um, after you've put your mindset he- headgear on, um, and then how do I deliver value to them? So I make it not about me anymore. It's not about, oh, is my hair like perfectly in place? Is my, um, you know, what what's happening? Like, which we also do, right, um, automatically. But it's not so much about you as it is, are you delivering value? Is that one joke going to make people laugh? Um, is right. that burpee going to inspire someone to get better <laughs> at their form? Or maybe a revelatory like experience of a burpee? Yeah. You know, th- another thing that you've mentioned in the past that I really like um, is adopting the posture of confidence. Yeah. Right? And um, a question that was raised here uh, in, in the chat was about... Um, projecting confidence digitally. Oh, that's a great one. Right? So timely. And, um, you know, because if you're in an online interview, yes. what do you do, right? Yeah. So um, I think body posture can be a, a big part of that. Definitely. And that goes for both in-person and, and virtual, yeah. right? If it's a video chat, um, you know, you want to be making sure that you're upright, yeah. uh, that you're engaged. Shoulders right? back. Yeah. Shoulders back that you're looking into the camera. Eye contact. Right, that's essentially emulating eye contact. If it's in person, you're looking into the people's eyes. But it's the body language of a confident person that projects confidence, right? right. So you may not even feel confident. But if you're doing the mechanics of a confident person, confident people look people in the eye. Confident people uh, are standing up straight or sitting up straight. They right? use they use movement in their bodies. They're using movement, yeah. right? They're they're not closed off yeah. and and tight like this. They're sort of more open, open stance, uh, and and projecting power. Yeah. And so you can do that virtually, um, uh, the same way that you can do it in person. Absolutely, yes. And I love that that question was asked because it is so timely, and a lot of us are on the virtual calls more often than we had fathomed possibly. So it is something to definitely be aware of. And also, you know, when we're projecting an image of confidence, we wanna be comfortable in what we're wearing, Yeah. right? So it's really important to dress in a way that's both comfortable to you and authentic to you. Because what happens is if you're being authentic, you're going to feel more confident. Those two really go hand in hand. And so if I know that I'm giving like a business type presentation, but I'm not so comfortable in a blazer, well, what's the closest I can get that can help, mm. can help me, you know, express my authenticity without being, you know, restri- uh, constricted to that sort of like blazer image, right? I love blazers. I love pairing them with jeans, um, <laughs> kind of like dressing them down. So that might not be the best example for me specifically. But what about you, Greg? What would you say in terms of like how to dress confidently, showing your because a lot of that has to do with like sending the signal to our brain about expressing that confidence on screen? Yeah, yeah. I mean, in an interview context, um, I think the most important thing is that you've checked in ahead of time. Uh, you're familiar enough with the culture of the company yeah. to know what people typically wear. Um, in general, for interviews, it's always good to wear a little bit dressy or just yeah. slightly more dressy yeah. than you think. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you know, if you're interviewing at a place like Google, uh, they're not going to want you to be in a full pinstripe suit, right? Mm. That's going to, to them, it, it looks stiff. It looks like a mismatch with, which, with their culture. Okay, right. So you're dressing when, when, with an interview, 
your goal is to sort of dress in a way mm. that that is aligned with the culture of the company. Exactly. Um, when it's more so you're just addressing an audience. Yeah. I mean, I'm wearing a t-shirt, right? That's what I'm comfortable in. When I'm addressing right. the audience and it's sort of a broad audience, yeah. I like to wear things I'm comfortable in. I'm more comfortable in t-shirts than right. I am in right. button downs. Right, and that's your authentic expression. And also the platform, right? So the space that we're in, YouTube is a Google alphabet. It's more casual than... I mean, it's yes, it's more casual than more overdressed. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, if you're at an investment bank, yeah. those tend to be much much more formal accounting firms. right? These are places where there is a strong culture of yeah. really dressing up. Yeah. Um, and, and it's so the it's expectation, highly contextual. Highly contextual, right? That's, so with your online interviews or your virtual meetings or your... Uh, virtual interactions, think about that as well within the context of expressing your confidence, right? Are you, to whom are you speaking? It's always contextual. It's always based on the delivery of the message and to whom we're speaking. So yeah. that's something that can also, um, you know, help you out with the confidence. Because the more comfort comfortable we feel in our outfit, the more confident we'll be able to be, right? Yeah. And, you know, another part of the virtual uh engagement, I would say virtual engagement process, right? Whether it's an interview or you're talking to clients, whatever it's happening, you don't always have video, right? Some, or yeah. the video quality is poor. Right. So I think the final piece of projecting confidence uh, digitally, let's just say you're on the phone, is your tone of voice, Yes. right? Yes. So your tone of voice goes a very long way towards saying, I'm confident. Um, and the tone of voice is actually very broad because uh, part of it's the timbre of your voice. Are you talking in a high sort of raspy voice? Or are you talking in a deeper, uh, more more sort of authoritative authoritative voice? Assertive. Yeah, sort of, yeah. yeah. And in general, a deeper voice tends to be more authoritative. If you have a naturally high voice, that's not a problem. No. Um, but you want to make sure that you're ending your sentences with the downtone, yeah. right? The way I just did there. It's you, you end down, not down, not up, not up yeah. right? Is this a good sentence? Right. I mean, it doesn't sound very strong, does it? Right. You want yeah. to sound. You want to sound sure of yourself. Exactly. Right. And it's funny you mentioned that because there's a, a term for that in linguistics, which is called up talk. And so, up talk, yes. yeah. And so, when we end on a question, um, our 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 pitch will naturally rise. Like, what did you have for breakfast today, Greg? Greg, right? Right. Um, did you have a good breakfast? Again, right. A question goes right. up naturally. But when I'm asserting myself. I don't want to end on a rising intonation because, like Greg said, it doesn't make you sound sure of yourself, which translates into how confident you are, mm -hmm. right? So I love that Greg mentioned um, if you have a naturally higher pitch, that's not a problem. Of course it's not. Right? We have to embrace who we are. But there is a way to get around that, and that's by finding your power tone. So when... For example, the way you find your power tone, and this helps with confidence because it exudes that confidence and that certainty and, a, and assertion that we have, um, assertiveness rather, it's all about figuring out, like when you speak about something confidently, and this could be anything that you're passionate about. If you're passionate about lawn mowing, you know, all the equipment and everything, if you can speak confidently about that, right, if it interests you, then you're naturally going to be speaking a little bit lower in pitch. Right. You have fewer questions, more answers. Yeah, that's a great way of looking at it. So when 
So to find your power pitch, record yourself trying uh, talking about, just to anyone or to yourself or to the mirror, about what makes you passionate about. Like, what are you mm. passionate about? Anything, any hobby, any, you know, anything that excites you, anything that you know a lot about. Record yourself talking about that, and you can find how how high or low your pitch is. That's great. And then talk and then contrast that with talking about something you're not sure about. And then you'll see the the very clear discernible difference. Yeah, I, I think that's a terrific exercise. And it's something you can do by yourself. Um, and you can do it repeatedly to get better at, yeah. right? Um, and then, yeah, so uh, did you mention to, to also practice with something you're not confident yeah, about? Yeah, so, right. you, can see so the, you can see the contrast, yeah. exactly. Um, so the, the, other, the other part to um, a confident tone of voice is your breathing patterns. Yes. Right? Oh, I love so, that you mentioned that. And I think this will come through in the exercise you just described. So when you are speaking confidently, you, uh, your, your heart rate tends to be a little lower, right? Because you're not panicking. And so you're taking smooth, deep breaths. And when you're taking these deep breaths, yeah. your voice tends to be steady and strong, right? Because your diaphragm is under control. Yeah. By contrast, when you're unconfident, when you're feeling nervous um, or unsure of yourself, your heart rate's going to be higher. Yeah. So you can be taking these faster, more sort of rapid, ragged breaths. Yeah. And what that does is it starts to cause that warbling voice. Um, it starts to cause little squeaks yeah. in your voice. Shaky right? voice. Shaky voice. Shaky hands. Shaky hands, right? So yeah. th that you can hear that in the tone of voice. So um, one of the tricks then, knowing this, to maintain that confidence in, in your speech, uh, in, your, in your interactions, is to take deep breaths while you're talking, right? Make sure you don't run out of oxygen. <laughs> because the more oxygen you get, the clearer your head's going to be and the more logical you can be, and it's just, you, everything's gonna flow better, and you're gonna speak with a much smoother tone of voice. Yeah. And that projects confidence as well. I love that. Uh, we have a video about diaphragmatic breathing. So yeah. um, we have a few techniques that we teach you and how to sort of tap into that type of breathing because unlike shallow breathing that comes from like your chest, right, the upper part of your torso, Diaphragmatic breathing comes from your diaphragm, and that's the powerhouse. That's where you're getting, I mean, if you think about it, you know, you have abs there, right? Um, and so that's where your power is coming from. Yeah, and the diaphragm itself is a muscle. It's a, it's a powerful muscle, but we don't use it. Mm -hmm. And if you're familiar with yoga breathing or meditative breathing, you might be more familiar about it, uh, uh, you know? And so that way you can really tap into that, and you can call upon it, when you're in a situation where you really need to be confident, be it in a virtual setting or in real life or on stage or on a first date or whatever it is, right? Um, maybe making breakfast for your in-laws or something, I don't know. But um, it's really something to, to be cognizant of, just tapping into that breath. Yeah. And you know, it's funny, we were talking earlier about when's a situation where maybe we don't want to be confident. Yeah, okay, let's talk about that. Well. I, I, I would argue that if you want to get more confident in unfamiliar situations, uh, a great way to do that is to put yourself in unfamiliar situations, yes. right? Yes. And so um, if you want to get better at sort of adapting to chaos and to, to unpredictability, 
then go and seek out situations like that. Seek out situations that tra- that challenge you, yeah. that you aren't familiar with. Yeah. Then you start to experience all the symptoms of, you know, insecurity or fear or, or nervousness, yeah. right? Shakiness. Shakiness. Yeah. And that's when you can start to deploy all the strategies we're talking about, right? So if, if you uh, take a, all, everything that we've been discussing and you sort of codify it or come up with a game plan yeah. and take those tools and walk into a situation where you know you're not going to be confident, where you're unfamiliar with the situation, and start to deploy them, you'll get much better at it, right? Um, and it's good to start in a, in, a, in a context where the stakes are lower. Yeah. Um, but you still feel unfamiliar. And, yeah. and you can start to work your way up to situations where there are real stakes, where, where the outcome really does matter. And at that point, that's where you're going to really start to demonstrate mastery over some of the techniques that we've been discussing. That's right. And um, a lot of people like, you know, they tout the benefits of being part of like a Toastmasters group if you're somebody who wants to improve their public speaking. And I definitely subscribe to that because, like Greg said, it's not easy to speak to large groups of people that we may or may not know, especially if they're strangers. So that's definitely a way of improving your uh, your public speaking, but also talking about topics that don't naturally come uh, to you, right? Things that you're not, um, maybe that you have to research and get more familiar with. And so talking about things that you're not, you don't know that much about yet, but you might have an interest in, right? Like astrophysics, I don't know, yeah. something like that. Um, there's some activity going on. Yeah. I'm, so Hello, everyone, <laughs> again, if you're joining us just now. So thank Another you. question was about... Um, when stress sort of arrives unexpectedly, yeah, right? When, because sometimes you come in feeling confident, you're prepared, yeah. you know how things are going to go, you're ready to just, you know, walk in and do a great job. Um, and then all of a sudden, the rug gets pulled out from under you, right? That's yeah. a phrase, um, you know, where suddenly things change in a way that you were not expecting. Yeah. In those situations, you know, that's when you really do have to rely on some of the mechanics that we've been discussing. If you've built um, a resilience to uh, these unfamiliar situations yeah. ahead of time, you can deploy those almost instinctually, right? When you fall, you don't think about putting your hands in front of you. Your hands go out in front of you instantly, yeah. right? You don't have to think about it happens. It's just a reaction. Right. Um, you want that same kind of response to happen in unfamiliar situations, right? Yeah. If suddenly something changes and you feel that fear creeping in, you want that to be an instinctual trigger to fire up, you know, your your stronger posture, your deeper breaths, right, your lower tone of voice, that kind of yeah. sort of confidence response mechanism. Yeah, and really focusing on the audience. Just that simple mindset shift of taking the focus off of you and really onto the audience by making eye contact with them, asking them questions you know, noticing something happening in the audience. But the other thing is that sometimes there are things in live performances that we cannot control, right? Yes. The mic uh, goes out. The lights start to flicker. The There's a loud, you know, uh, like trees being cut down somewhere, which is awful, but, you know. Which is happening right now. If yeah, you hear a little background noise. Power lines, all yes. that jazz. Um, very sad. Uh, but But, you know, really kind of like calling out the pink elephant in the room. That also shows that you're able 
to make fun of the situation, make light of the situation. Like, oh, my mic went out. I guess I have to speak extra loud today for you all. Or, you know, poking fun at things. If you're into self-deprecating humor, do that. So, for example, if you notice that you're, you know, you get like red here, maybe spotty. That happens to some people when they get nervous. Um, You notice maybe you're sweating and... You, you can talk about that. We're all human. We all have these physiological responses, right? It's not like we're different from each other in that way. So making, you know, making light of the situation um, because it shows that you're able to adapt and deal with uncertainty. And, and, and I think that's really the raw beauty of live performances. Yeah. I mean, if you talk yeah. to Broadway actors, they deal with this on a regular basis and they become totally. so good at it. Or you know who the real masters yeah. are? Improv. Oh, right? yes. If you've ever watched stand-up improv, improvisation, uh, which is a type of performance where the actors and actresses are literally inventing yeah. or coming up with ideas as it happens yeah. live. Yeah, nothing is scripted, yeah. nothing happens beforehand. It's the ultimate sort of mastery of the unfamiliar. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so just watching improv artists, you know, adroitly handle these bizarre, unfamiliar situations, um, you can learn from that. I mean, they, again, they are the true artists of of falling and catching themselves and catching each other too. Exactly. It's all about the teamwork, right? So thinking about even if you're the only one on stage or you're the only one in that webinar or interview, how can you make this more of like a team feeling, right? How can you be inclusive with the audience and show them you're going through what they're going through and this kind of thing. Um, what's really one of the key components of the improv world mm. is saying yes to everything. So, for example, if I, if Greg and I are doing some improv, right, um, and I say, "Oh, I'm, you know, I'm in uh, Hawaii right now. This is me in Hawaii," and then Greg was like, "Yeah, the palm trees are great here. Yeah. Oh, the, look at that coconut." Right? You don't say no. You don't say no. We're actually in South Dakota. Um, right. It's always a yes. Exactly. Yeah. So how does that translate to something going awry or feeling uncomfortable or suddenly feeling less confident? You say yes to it. You, you embrace, embrace it. it. Yeah. Okay? And that really helps. And once you do that, you'll notice that you're going to be all of a sudden even more confident having yeah. recognized that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I actually think that's a great place to wrap up because we're running up on time here. Um, this, this idea of embracing the unfamiliar. Yeah. Um, the more comfortable and accommodating you can be of the uh, unpredictable aspects of life, the more confidence you're going to exude because yeah. uh, you're not going to be caught off guard. Yeah. You're not going to be startled. You're going to maintain that sort of steady heart rate, that steady breath, and respond in an intelligent um, and deliberate way. Right? You're not reactive. You're proactive. Right? You're thoughtful about it. Yeah. Um, a, a great question that came up um, that maybe we can address in a future video is yeah. um, how to do that on camera, right? How so to be some, yeah, confident. How to on be uncomfortable on camera if, if you want to start your own YouTube channel. I actually have a, new lens. I have a video about that. Um, ah, I'll link it below. Link it. Yeah, 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 it's all about how to be confident on camera, specifically on YouTube. So I'm so glad you asked that question. I have a video for you. Yeah. And we have, I see a couple other great ones too. So we'll make sure to get those addressed yeah. in uh, future videos. Yeah, so be... Uh, Keep a pulse on Exploring. Yep. 
we always respond to comments and uh, address any questions. So feel free. I mean, if we can't address it right now, we will get to it. A lot of the content that we create here, because it's for you and it's adding value, we hope, to you and your lives and enriching your um, professional and personal social skills, we, we address those in, in the form of live streams or videos. So yep. feel free to ask whatever you'd like um, and we'll get to it. Um, and the other thing I'd like to say on a final note is with that unexpected sort of understanding in mind and that uncertainty, just expect the unexpected, yes. right? Expect that something might not go. It's Murphy's the, Law, right? Anything that could happen will happen. Yeah, I guess I guess you could call it that. Um, Greg's really into the science part of things, which is awesome. Um, but if, if you don't want to think of it that way, you don't have to. You can think of it just like preparing for anything or not. Right? What do you think, Greg? I like Murphy's Law. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the engineer. That's right. Uh, but in any event, uh, yeah, that's great advice. So think of it anyway. You'd yes. Like. But just know that, you know, you can't plan Expect for everything. You can't, um, nothing will go exactly the way you plan it. Even if you're super rehearsed, you're super prepared, you're super confident, just embrace it and, and do the best you can in that moment. Yep. So. All right, guys. Thank you for joining us, and Thank we will see you us. next Have time. Have a great rest of the week. Yes. And if you're into personal finance, yeah. we're going to be switching over there. So yeah. we'll see you live in just a few minutes. Exactly. Stake your wealth. Have All a right. good one. Happy exploring, everyone. Happy exploring.